Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Sip Over Podcast. I am Jim Adair. With me as always is Max Rappaport. Max, how are you doing? Doing great, Jim. This is the first of our two pre-recorded pods airing around the holidays as Max is currently on his honeymoon in Japan. Uh, for context, it is currently December 15th at 7.30 p.m. on the dot. The Sixers are down by 10 to the Brooklyn Nets, 64 to 54. It's the exact moment. Um, we actually just recorded... Uh, our second of the two um, pre-recorded pods, which we had mentioned before would be a kind of a movie talk through as we did before with MVP to Most Vertical Primate. This one is, in fact, uh, available to stream on Disney+. Plus. It is called Full Court Miracle. Uh, so feel free to go and watch that if you want to know what we're talking about when we rip apart that fucking movie. Uh, it is a Hanukkah film set in quote-unquote Philadelphia and it involves the 76ers. So it's an enjoyable hour and 34 minutes to spend with your family around the holidays and then listen to us talk about it. It's fun. Uh, Max, thoughts on that movie to tease what we already said about the movie about an hour and a half ago. Oh, man. Um, Somehow even worse than Most Vertical Primate 2. Oh, uh, sure, for sure. Like not even close. Like significantly worse. Yeah. So much, much, much it has worse. that going for it, um, yeah. which I think for our purposes was was good. Yeah. That it was bad. Yeah. Um, so definitely, definitely check it out. It's only an hour and thirty minutes. Uh, like Jim said, you can get a, a free trial, like I did, of Disney Plus seven day trial. That's plenty of time to get through this hour and a half movie before yeah. our episode coming out a week from now. Yeah. Also, you can watch The Mandalorian and whatever other things are on Disney Plus. Brink. Brink, What's I guess. Brink. Uh, you can Break? watch. Break? Brink? Brink? What is that? Brink. What is that? It's a rollerblading movie. Oh. Starring the guy who was on that one season of The Celebrity Mole. Playing a guy named Andy Brink Brinker. It's, uh, it's a good film. Are you making this up right now? No, I'm not making up Brink. <laughs> I can't I believe wish this I was. is a real thing. I wish I was smart enough to make up Brink. Here, let's talk about Brink for one second. Max uh, Brink with an exclamation point 1998 sport drama an hour and 39 minutes Andy Brink Brinker Eric Von Detten is the leader of a group of inline skaters who disapprove of corporate sponsorship it does sound like I'm making this up but I promise you I'm not uh, believing that skating should be done for fun rather than profit basically etc etc yeah Andy Brink Brinker yep that's that so I won't be watching that yo Brink rules you should watch Brink the, the rival team uh, uh, who takes sponsorship, I believe they're called X-Blades. Yeah, it's great. Um, so we figured while Max is on his honeymoon in Japan and I am on my laying around the house eating turkey vacation around the holidays, um, we would just pre-record this, just take a bunch of questions, mailbag stuff. Um, again, not stuff that's super about how the team is doing right now because... Uh, we're not available right now. This is uh, on the 15th. We are the ghost of Christmas past right now. So, without further ado, Max, are you ready to get into this? Ready. All right. Uh, first question from at RJ Maffa asks, you can bring back any player from this century who played for the Sixers except Allen Iverson. But you have to pick out of a hat one of the starters and they are gone. Uh, so, you pick which player you want and then I have a random number generator between one through five. And the hmm. position number is that's the guy. So you pick the player first, and then one of the guys we we, we just vanish into the abyss. Now, so, question: Am I getting this player at their peak when they were with the Sixers? Is that the idea? Yeah, I would say like you can't 
grab a player. Like I, you can't be like I want uh, prime Iga, prime like warriors Igadala. No, you can get Sixers Igadala. I can get prime Sixers Igadala. Yes. Yeah. 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 I think I'm going with Igadala. Okay. And you would lose. Uh, wait one sec. Wait, wait, wait. wait. All right, I'll reshuffle it then because it's it's only fair. I won't tell you which. Player I'm gonna I'm gonna go. Well, fuck. I can't go with. I can't go with Lou Williams as he is now. It's like Lou Williams from a few years ago. It'd be something um, Lou Williams. So yeah. Oh man, let me let me think about where Lou Williams is at. This would have been what 2012 13 was his last season. He might still be worth it for me. Okay. Or Drew Holiday that year. Hmm. You know what? Give me, give me, um, give me Igadala. Okay. You get Prime Sixers under Igadala, and you lose Al Horford. That's not that bad. Oh yeah, I'll yeah. take that. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Just slide Tobias to the four. Yeah. Give us some shooting. I'm gonna look up some some data once before I make my decision. My my initial um thought. Even though he wasn't at his absolute career peak here, just because of what he could do for a team like this, was going to be uh, Dikembe Mutombo. But I'm not going to do that. I am instead uh, going to go with uh, prime 43% from three on four attempts a game, Kyle Korver with the Sixers. And this is a risk. I will be losing. Oh, if we lose Embiid, that's rough. (laughs) I got Horford again, so I'm gonna hit the button again. Fuck! I lost Embiid. Okay, it's fine. <laughs> Damn it! Okay, you're playing with fire. Damn it! We should okay. just take in and take in Horford twice. All right. So then Hor- Corver is like my starting three now, and then Tobias is my four, and Horford's my five. That's that's a that's a seven seed. That's a seven yeah. seed right there. That's, that's not bad. That's a bummer. That's a bummer. It's really jarring though. Like that's 20 years of basketball, and it's like. I guess Andre Iguodala, the one year he was right. an all-star. Or, like, maybe Drew Holiday his last season with the Sixers. Like, there's just not much there. Yeah. Um, it's pretty this rough. Next, this next question is just for me, Max. So hold tight. Uh, uh, Dominic Anthony asks, can you release the process player's flowchart as a T-shirt or poster? Um, probably no, I would say, for a couple of reasons. Um, firstly, that uh, it would look really bad on a shirt. Just period. There's too much happening. And then for a poster, probably also know that because one, it hasn't been updated in a while, and two, since it's um, much like our uh, the United States Constitution, Max, it's a living document. Um, so it'd be hard to really know, to know like when to stop it, when to start it. Like, what does like is it like as it looked on this date? Because then future picks that are traded for, I can say what those picks were used for, etc. So again, as it's like quite a, as a living document uh, that's evolving over time, I don't think it would really work. But thank you for asking. Um, Max, this next one I'm going to skip. I forgot that I bookmarked that one, and I don't like it. Uh, here's a question from uh, Detective Pikachu at ND Mill uh, 15, a guy I know named Nate. Uh, he said. If I give you a plain hot dog and send you to a salad bar, what toppings do you put on it? Now, I'm assuming, I'm going to put words into Nate's mouth here, that the salad bar uh, would have any possible hot dog topping, not just salad bar stuff. Yeah, not yeah. like red onions and cherry tomatoes. 
uh, red onions croutons. would be good on a hot dog, but go ahead. Um, okay, so if I'm if I can put anything that could go on a hot dog, so basically like a, a bar that has all the things that like different cities put on their hot dog. All the fixins, anything you would, anything. In the all world the fixins, you I put in your hot dog. Uh, you know, I gotta say, so Seattle has something called the Seattle Dog, which very unique. Uh, other cities don't have anything like this. No, I uh, I had uh, one a hot dog that you, is their own, and then I tried it's to make it here, good. and it wasn't quite as good, but it still worked. It's super good. It's probably my favorite. I. It's basically, it's a normal hot dog, nothing all that special. I think it is better when it's like a sausage or kielbasa or something a little meatier. Mm -hmm. Um, Basically, you spread cream cheese on the bun, um, on the inside of the bun. Uh, You put fried onions, sriracha, and I put a little bit of ketchup uh, because I just like ketchup on hot dogs, which I know is sacrosanct to some people, but uh, that would be my hot dog. Like, I think it's just... It is the best hot dog I've I've had yet uh, in terms of random toppings. I do like relish generally, but this is just better than that. I might even try it with relish. They don't typically have relish uh, places where you get Seattle dogs, but that could be good too. But the Seattle dog is my favorite by far. Uh, I would do... So if I'm at a ballpark, right, and I'm making a hot dog for myself in that situation, I do kraut, mustard, and relish. Um, but if I'm like, I can do anything, I would just literally make a Chicago dog, essentially. Um, but I want to make a point since you said the ketchup thing. You need to be tried in the Hague for what you did to crab fries in front of my face. I was at the Sixers game with Max, and he had a bucket of crab fries, and he dumped what looked like a metric gallon of ketchup on top of the crab fries, and I was furious. And I'm, it's not even that like, oh, chickens and crab fries are sacrosanct, or, or they're, they're like doing that is like sacrilegious to them or whatever. It's just gross, man. You got all that seasoning, and then you're putting globs of catsup on there? That's just gross. I I have some unpopular ketchup opinions. I, uh, I will put ketchup on most ketchup things. ketchup stinks. You don't like ketchup at all? I think ketchup is... Uh, I've had this, this argument very strongly with a friend of mine, where I basically said, there is nothing, there is no food item that is... that's best condiment option is ketchup. Not a one. French fries. No. What is it then? What do you think is the best thing? Uh, like a Texas petal sauce or like a mayonnaise even, the, honestly. <laughs> Texas petal sauce? What the fuck is that? You know, it's the stuff you get with a blue and onion. It's fucking great. Like, you mean like a like Big Mac special sauce? Like fry sauce? Well, that's con- kind of, yeah. That's kind of like a, uh, that's more of like a Russian dressing, but yeah. I will agree that a Russian dressing I prefer on Fantastic. fries. Like, there's a place near okay. us that does, they call it a fry sauce, but it's basically... Basically, Russian dressing. It's like the it's like the uh, Big Mac sauce. It's really okay. good. So there's so that's but over one. Uh, but I will say that there are times where I want ketchup on it. Um, I'm someone who puts ketchup on scrambled eggs. Hot sauce. No, it's not. It depends on the hot sauce. But I've yet to find a hot sauce I like as much. I do like salsa, like kind of mixed in. But yeah. I prefer ketchup over all those. Like especially if it's a breakfast sandwich. Mm-hmm. Uh, ketchup for sure. There is not a thing that, if you give me all the condiment options, that I would choose ketchup over. Like I, I wouldn't. What about? Single item. Mm. So like chicken nuggets, you're putting honey mustard or sweetened sour sauce or something. Yeah, or barbecue sauce. Like ketchup's fourth or fifth in that list. What about what about a burger? I'm a mayo and mustard guy. Mayo and mustard. Mustard on a burger is gross. No, I, mayo I'm not into that. It makes it like it makes like an aioli. Um, this is, by the way, this is like extremely 
bland white Irishman food opinions. I'm like, mayo and mustard is an aioli. It's fancy. <laughs> mayo and <laughs> Hellman, Hellman's and, and Heinz yellow mustard is an aioli. <laughs> um, what What is your opinion about what goes on a cheesesteak? Uh, nothing or hot sauce, probably. You put a hot um, sauce on a cheesesteak? Really? Yeah, when I was a kid and we would have like, like just like shitty like steakums or whatever, like store brand. You know what I would put on them? Because they were like really bland. You know what I would put on but, them? They're actually really good. A1. A1's good. Yeah, A1's good. A1 is an underrated. See, I'm, I'm a steak sauce. I, I, have no, I have no standing in this debate because um, I, I think I'm, I'm someone who appreciates good food. And like I like cooking. I am very a very adventurous eater. But I do put ketchup on a lot of things that are like kind of embarrassing. Like I will put, unless it's a really good steak, I do like ketchup on steak, which is like, Gross. I know just about the worst thing you can possibly do so i don't think i have much of a, a leg to stand on when it comes to ketchup i know i'm i'm an i'm i have unpopular opinions about ketchup but. well your argument is flawed because we all know you're deeply invested in ketchup futures um i will say as a steak as a steakman if i have a steak i do either nothing or i think what's an underrated thing is to mix horseradish and worcestershire sauce together that's a good one what about like what about like beef too? What okay okay I got a good one. What about like breakfast potatoes like hash browns? Um, those are ketchup. That's a ketchup side. Yeah, for sure. Okay, I, again, but I I do hot sauce on those. Really? Like yeah. on home fries, you're putting hot sauce? Oh yeah. All right. Put it's putting some crystal hot sauce on there. Mm-mm-mm. All over. I did eat some home fries the other day, the other morning. I was like, man, I can really go for something. I'm starving. And I got some home fries that had onions and banana peppers and cheese whiz. Shouts to Cosmies. What's up? It's good stuff. Uh, All right, okay. do, you any, do you have any non-ketchup related questions? Me? No, the podcast is over now. <laughs> um, his next question uh, is from my dad. He said, is Matisse the real thing? And I say, yeah. I say, Matisse is the real thing. He's uh, it, baby. That's it, baby. Uh... He's our baby. Um, that three-point percentage is going to come down. It's, you know, it's just unsustainably high. Um, and he's going to have his rough patches like he had at the beginning of the season. It's not out of the way and over. But um, we've said a couple of times on here that, like, the defensive IQ is so easily translatable because that's not something that really goes away uh, for you. You can't be, like, game-planned into being dumb defensively. Um, so I think as long as he doesn't... You know, overthink things or get out of his head too much. He'll always have a space on the floor. I agree, and, and the other thing too is like, I think the three point shooting is going to come down. But in college, he was a good shooter. Like, yeah, his last year he shot thirty percent. But other than that, he shot thirty six and a half a year before that, forty and a half as a sophomore, and thirty six and a half as a freshman. Like, I, I think that final year was a bit of an outlier um, and was on similar attempts to the two prior years. It wasn't like all of a sudden he started taking more and then missed a bunch. Uh, So I think he's probably more like a 36, 37% shooter. You know, if you're thinking like best case 47 is unsustainable, but like even if he just shot like 34% and played the defense he's playing, it's great. Like that's awesome for where you drafted him. Yeah. Uh, Next question. Uh, I always get in my head about pronouncing her name correctly, so I apologize. Uh, uh, Zainab from Mike's Hot Hive uh, asked, 
because uh, we've talked about this last time, today, the 15th, as we're recording this, as you're listening to this much later, uh, is the first official day for, I think, 80% of the league became available to be traded today. Um, so she said, how can I convince them not to trade Mike? And I will basically use this to make two questions out of this. Uh, or one question and one point. Uh, on our last podcast, Making Predictions for the Future, I asked you, when we when you came back from your honeymoon and you were talking basketball again, which is probably like January 3rd or 4th or something like that, do you think this team will be the same as it is today? You said yes. Do you want to amend that or do you want to stand by it? No, I, I stand by that. Um, I think... I guess there's a possibility if somebody gets bought out, like there's some talk about like Alan Crabb getting bought out. Um, I don't think the Iguodala thing is going to happen, and also I think he's going to go to the Lakers. But like, if somebody like say Alan Crabb got bought out, I could see the Sixers being a team that would make sense and mm-hmm. would be attractive to someone like that because there are minutes, uh, kind of similar to uh, uh, like Wes Matthews last year. With yeah. the Bucks, and, and the thing with, uh, with with Alan Crabb too is that he was kind of a, a running joke, and like that guy sucks for a while. But it was strictly because he was so massively overpaid. Yeah, so you'd just be getting him on a on a minimum. He's expiring this year. Mm-hmm. If they waived him, they'd oh they'd be on the hook, and then you just sign him to a minimum. And I think like, the Sixers would be an attractive place for him. Um, other than that, I don't think anything's happening before the deadline. And even then, I don't really see a trade. I think it's probably another. It's a pickup off the off the waiver wire, like somebody who gets bought out. But um, yeah, I'm not I'm not anticipating anything to happen in the next month. I would say. Yep. Um, what would you think about maybe for me? So uh, peek behind the curtain here. We uh, had talked about we did this last year when Max very hilariously misunderstood the entire concept of a Pollyanna or a Secret Santa, um, and decided to do it again this year. But so we wouldn't have to give the whole roster out. We were going to do uh, a Sixers Hanukkah, where we each gave four gifts, totaling eight. Um, and we decided just not to do that because we didn't really think of anything really worth talking about. But um, on my list of four, this shows exactly why we didn't do it. I gave myself one gift, which is just a single, one single Davis Bertans. That's all I want. Is it so hard to just give your guy, Jim, a little Davis Bertans? Is a single Bertans... So hard to ask for. I don't know. Do you think he's a, he's attainable without giving up Mike Scott? Davis Baritons? <sighs> I mean, the thing is, money-wise, is it possible? I, I don't think yeah, Mike Scott... Like the, yeah, I guess like... What's he making? Like $7 million this year? Davis Baritons? Bert Baritons, yeah. Uh, you can get or is there, it less than that? You can get there with... So he's making exactly 7 yeah, you can get there with Bolden and Zaire. It works. and But you'd have to give a pick because they want picks there. They don't want... I mean, Zaire would give them something to work with. So what, Bolden, Bolden, Zaire, and like the the Knicks second rounder they have this year? Or like your own 22 first or something. <sighs> yeah, if you were protecting the pick, like yeah, lottery protected the, at least. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just like sure. don't want to be in a position where you trade it. Like, I don't want to be one of those teams that three years from now we're giving up the 10th pick in the draft. Because things went to shit, and we traded it for fucking a year of Davis Bertans. But just a, a single un, un poco Bertans. That's all I want. <laughs> um, I do really love 
Davis Bertans would be fucking awesome here. I, I like Davis Bertans anyway, but then he came in here and just like dropped nine threes in our faces, and I'm like, please, just give me that. This is like, it's like Boban all over again. It's like we just, yeah. we see someone come in and light us the fuck up, and now that we, we only have eyes for whoever that was who, who hurt us, so... What if what if the true Latvian that was promised was Davis Bertans and not Anze Spasechniks, who is currently Davis Bertans' teammate? Wait, is he is he playing for the? I thought I knew he was uh, he's picked up by the them, go-go. but I thought he got the go go. I think he's playing for the go go. God, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, he he's not yeah. on their official roster, so I think he's on the go. I want to see what he's up to. Anze. Yeah, Andy Passyunk. I I still am Capital that. City Go Go. Why are they called that? What the I learned how to spell that, and it never had to get to use it. Um. Yeah, thankfully I never learned how to spell it, so that was the Capital City Go Go's team name alludes to the Go Go music genre that started in the mid 1960s, the late 70s in Washington D.C. Wow, that's that's up to date. That's a uh, okay. Anzesh Pasechniks. Let's see. I'm clicking on this thing right now. His picture is very funny if you go look it up, too, um, for anyone listening. So he's playing 21 and a half minutes a game. He's played 12 games, so I think he's played like pretty much all their games. He's shooting 60% from the floor. Uh, hasn't made a three yet, even though he's taken like 12 of them. Uh, he's not getting the line very much. Five rebounds a game, a block a game. It's like, fine. Pretty pretty yeah. underwhelming numbers in the G League. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, that was that was less interesting than I was hoping it hoping it would be. It's almost his twenty fourth birthday. Happy birthday, Anze Spasechniks. By the time this podcast is released, it probably will be your birthday. So happy birthday to Anze Spasechniks. All right, let's let's move on to other questions. Okay. Uh, Jens at Comrade076 asks, what do you guys think about having Serena Winters doing commentary sometimes? She did really well that one time in preseason, and I think it would be refreshing to have someone else alongside Mark, or even having three people doing it could be fun. Um, I was at the game when she did that, so I didn't get to hear that broadcast, but I know a lot of people enjoyed it. I like the idea of her doing it. Um, I like Mark and Alois pairing, but I think what I would probably personally like to see more is having her just chime in I know she does it a little bit definitely she does it more than Molly did but having her chime in more when she's not doing like a stand up on the sideline so yeah. almost have like Doris Burke does that a lot too when she would do more sideline stuff than doing actual broadcasting stuff she would do it where um, you know you have your setup like out of timeouts out of commercials like I talked to Coach Brown before the game and here's what he said blah, blah, blah. you have all that kind of stuff but also you're just there to chime in uh, to add things, to add little lines, whatever. Like, so you are like, you're like the two and a half member of the booth. You're not constantly there, but you're there for for effect, um, which she does do more than Molly did. But I think I would like to hear that more from 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 the broadcast. Yeah, I'm I'm not a huge fan of having three people, three people sitting at the at the, I guess it's not a desk at the table, uh, up in the the stanchion and um, or up in the uh, in the stands. I mean and. Like all talking at once, I think it just gets like really disjointed. And like when I've seen that before, I feel like it's more annoying than anything else. And just yeah. like everyone's trying to talk at the same time, and it's just it's too much. Um, yeah, I'd be fine. I, I think like her chiming in more is is nice. I feel like a lot of times um, there's more value in that in the like 
something comes up in the game and there's like an opportunity for for her to for for whoever the sideline reporter for any team is to jump in and be like you know brett brown talked about this before the game whatever whatever as opposed to these like pre-planned um this player's back in town like jj's back in town and we talked to him about this this and this like those don't really do that much for me i'd much rather hear stuff as it relates to like what's happening on the floor mm-hmm. if there's some note from practice or whatever that could could be thrown in uh so i almost like that off the cuff stuff more than than the stand-ups but i thought she did a really good job when they did when she did fill in i did watch that game on tv um i, I thought she did a great job yep cool uh next question from dan bad dan's bad tweets said uh we're not going to answer this question to full dan sorry uh since it lasted at quote the entire decade uh what does each year 12 man all process team instead of doing that I would just want to highlight some guys. Um, you can do the same. Um, I was just going to run through a couple of guys, if you don't mind, who mm-hmm. were at some point in the height of the process acquired by Sam Hinkie, but never played for the 76ers. Okay. Names such as Tim Olbrecht. Oh, yeah. I love Tim Olbrecht. Tim Olbrecht. Um... Did Darius Morris ever play for the Sixers? I don't believe so. Did Khalif Wyatt? Uh, I think these are I a lot of summer pre-season? league guys. Pre-season Blue. It's preseason or summer league. Uh, yeah. Daniel Orton did play some basketball. Uh, let's go through the rest of this. Some guys such as... Um, oh, man. I just kind of... Royce White. The, got to the part where they signed Dwayne Dedman. Um Danny Granger. Danny Granger was a good one. Danny Granger, Andre- who was acquired, the trade was Evan Turner and Lavoy Allen for Danny Granger and a 2015 second, who was Luka Mitrovic. That would have been a nice a nice trade in 2009. Yeah, it would have been. Um, Earl Andre Clark. Karolinko. Did Earl, Earl Clark, Clark. play any minutes? No, he didn't. He was immediately waived. Uh, Eric Maynard waved. I was thinking about, who, was it, who, who did he talk about last time I was talking about? Well, I think my favorite... Yeah. My favorite, yeah. I think, of all of them is probably JaVale McGee playing one game. Was it one game it, or two games? It's. I believe it was a single game, and I was there. Yeah, and he. I was there too, and he fucking Statue of Liberty jammed it mm-hmm. in someone's face. Yeah. Um, I forget who it was, but that was amazing, and he just came out, he played, he played like what seven minutes and then just like never was seen from again like i just have no idea why they why they even bothered but i loved it huge uh, javel mcgee stan i specifically remember long. there was a quote from javel mcgee that said like he would be interested in sticking around to kind of mentor nerlands and <laughs> joel and then immediately got waved um hashim <laughs> to beat did keith bogans play any minutes no no pierre jackson twice didn't play any actual nba minutes Man, uh, that's that's Mar- an all-time what if. Yeah, uh, Marquise Teague. The key he played, didn't he? Did he? Didn't play. I don't know. Here's a fun thing when you look back at some stuff. Casper Ware tra- was traded for Marquise Teague and the rights to a 2019 second, which eventually became Admiral Schofield. Funny how that works. Uh, there you go. Yeah, Andre Kirilenko. Uh, Jorge Gutierrez 
both of those guys. Ronald Roberts Jr. So, uh, signed and waived in uh, a three-day span. Uh, Ronnie Turioff. Remember Ronnie Turioff didn't play? Uh, who was the one? It's a Joel Anthony that was traded here and that trade got voided. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Uh, Jared Cunningham. We are still in uh, February of 2015, by the way. Uh, Choo Choo, obviously. Although we never played in the NBA, totally. Um, yeah, Kirilenko. Just a whole... You could you could field a, a very, very bad roster of guys who were acquired by Sam Hinkie that were never, ever going to play for this team. You could field like a whole division, I feel like, worth of teams yeah. with, with Gerald, just that. Gerald Wallace. And Jason Thompson. Yeah. Wow. What a time. Uh, Zoe, at Tweets by Zoe, asked, Favorite process era game or individual performance or both? Favorite process era performance? Uh, yes, I have two. Uh, oh, one one is a moment and one is a game. Uh, the one would be... Uh, we were, I was I was at the game and I I was at the famous TJ McConnell buzzer beater over the Knicks but like two weeks before that there was an inbounds from Dario to just for a buzzer beating tip in by Covington to beat the Timberwolves oh yeah we were at that, that game together great. weren't we yes we were we were um, and then performance is I think still to this day the only or at least the first NBA player to get a triple double in their first ever start was Tony Roten. Yeah. That game. I think the I got to say the MCW game was my favorite performance. That first yeah, yeah. game. I mean, I I think we don't talk about it at all because MCW ended up being trash, but like mm-hmm. that was super exciting to to start off that way. I feel like that's that's got to be it. And then favorite game total um I don't know. It's like I don't even remember any games, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like actual games. I remember like, oh, that game Tony Roden had a triple-double. Or, oh, that game Hollis Thompson scored 19. Or, oh, that time that Nerlens Noel had six blocks. But, like, yeah. I couldn't tell you who they played, what happened in the game, if they won or lost. <laughs> yeah. I uh, guess when the when the games don't matter, that's what happens. That's true. Uh, next question from at I am Grum. Which athlete did you feel was better in video games than in real life? My go-to is always Steve Slayton. Always a trade for him in Madden up until I stopped buying Madden. Um, I replied that, I, that this reminded me of a story, but before I get to that story, I wanted to mention that you, uh, I think it was two years ago, attempted to create a um, an NBA 2K league online that I was a part of with a fantasy draft and everything. Um, and I played, I think, two games in it. And in both of those games... Uh, your friend Charlie dropped like 70 on me with Larry Markkinen. <laughs> and I was furious because he just wouldn't miss and my system was like lagging and I was so mad. Um, but the thing I wanted, the point I wanted to make is that I think, I can't remember what game it was. It was one of the NBA Lives and my brother and I had it in like on like PlayStation 2, I think. And we uh, did a fantasy draft and simmed a season and like played some games. And somehow the guy who ended up being my starting center, or I think I drafted my backup center, ended up being the league MVP that year, and it was Brad Miller. That's disgusting. Yeah. 
He, got, he was averaging like, I think he averaged like 22 rebounds or something. I was like, yeah, hell yeah. Uh, so, any answer for you, Max? So I have a few. Uh, and th- these are more from the old 2K games. Uh, guys who were unstoppable, I, I feel like, J.R. Smith was always so much better, especially in like the late 2000s 2K games. Mm-hmm. Like I remember that team that I think it was NBA 2K8 when you had Iverson, Mello, and J.R. Smith all in the Nuggets. Mm-hmm. Um, J.R. Smith was the best player in that game on that team. Like I, and that game also was very high scoring. It was more arcade style, but like I remember playing. Me and my roommates in college would do full 12 minute quarter games sometimes and i remember scoring like 185 points with jr smith one time mm-hmm. just because he could just I mean he just bang down like pull up threes uh and that game too like had like n- seemingly no penalty for pulling up versus catch and shoot you would just like run yeah. down the court and you could just jack up a three and that if they were like the an 87 year. three-point shooter it would just work that might be the same year when they've like started bringing in more of those like uh, they kind of expanded their their selections for classic teams mm-hmm. uh, when del curry couldn't miss yes yeah same thing with Del Curry. Yeah, but, like, J.R. Smith was unstoppable, and he could also just, like, run by everyone and just, like, yam on people because his yes. dunking was, like, a 97. Uh, the other one, similarly, is uh, Richard Jefferson, who was, like, in that game, also, you'd play as the Nets, and it'd be him and Vince Carter together, and it was just ridiculous. It was basically just having two Vince Carters. Yeah. All right. Um, got a couple more here, Max. You, you sticking with me here? Yeah. Uh, our good friend Seamus asked uh, albums of the decade I mentioned this to you before but you didn't have a ton of time to think about it I've been thinking about it a little bit because I do want to put some kind of list together um, between Christmas and New Year's so even with this being pre-recorded I won't have tweeted it yet or anything um, no specific order I'll just run through a couple except for to say that Frank Ocean's Blonde is number one for me mm. um, Guitars' Lose is up there uh, Jeff Rosen sucks. Worry is up there. Uh, I'd have a, a hard time picking which specific St. Vincent record, but one of those. Um, maybe the, what year did Strange Mercy come out? Was that 09? No, it wasn't. Strange Mercy would probably be the, the pick or the self-titled. Um, the World is a Beautiful Place's Harmlessness would be one. Yeah bunch of those. I'm actually just looking through. There'd be a, come up, there'd be a Mountain Goats record on there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's probably... Uh, that, I'm thinking that like... the cuff is probably a good chunk of my top 15. See, I haven't... You've, you've done more thinking on this. Um, I'd probably say both Good Kid, Mad City and To Pimp a Butterfly are up there. Um, just looking... I'm like... I'm pulled... I pulled up a list of, of like someone else's list because it's hard to remember shit that's come out. Uh, Arcade Fire the Suburbs came out in 2010 so I guess that counts I feel like that's for me in there um, yeah. trying to think like what else it's weird because I feel like when I think of albums of the decade I'm still stuck in like 2000 to 2010 yeah. uh, because I'm stuck in the past and also that was a time when there were a lot of awesome albums that I was really into and mm-hmm. both of us did college radio and I know for me I was just like way more you, you follow music a lot more closely at this point than I do, but I was, like, way more in tune with, like, what was going on, and now I feel like I'm not. And I, like, hear yeah. stuff I like, and I listen to music a lot, but I'm not, like, up to date on upcoming album releases and mm-hmm. whatever, the way I used to be. Yeah. I ha- I'm the same way in a way, but I have a friend who works uh, in the industry. 
um, and he kind of is a good person to. I always just hit him up. I talk to him constantly, and I'm just like, all right, what's coming out this week that I didn't know about, basically. So that's always helpful. Um, but yeah, I'll put that list up at some point. Uh, two more, Max. One. This is from OK Guy Adam. If you can go back in time to one moment and speak one word to one person, who would it be, and what would you say? I would tell JFK to duck. Christ. Uh, <laughs> I mean, would you not? I guess maybe I'd like go back in time and tell Hitler to stick with painting, maybe. Like you have one word. It seems like one word. Is it just like, uh, like chill? Persevere. Hey, chill, chill. chill. <laughs> no, don't tell Relax. him to persevere. That's worse. No, I guess persevere is stuck. No, I would have like gone to his art class and told him when he was like feeling down about the quality of his work. So you're, I guess you would perse- go to persevere, persevere is a loaded word, I guess. <laughs> you're going to his art class and you would give him a thumbs up and just say, art. <laughs> art. Um, art. One word, man. Um, that's tough because it's also the calculation you need to do too is like for duck, you actually have a chance of getting through to JFK in that moment. I feel yeah. like if I just went to Hitler and was like, art, good, or whatever. <laughs> uh, or like, quality, <laughs> like put, put a thumbs up to the work he was doing. Like, yeah. my opinion is not going to sway him from becoming Adolf Hitler, no, the Fuhrer. Uh, no. Whereas Duck, actually, he might be caught off guard and might actually duck. If you're able to just like transport yourself into the car in that moment. Right. Oh, no, I'm going to go to the car just in case. I'll be near it, but not in the car. <laughs> because he's not going to hear there's you, a, though. There's a, but there's a bullet flying around. I don't want to be in that car. He'll hear me. Uh, I'll be I'll be next to the cop that was kind of next to the car. Hmm. Like duck. It'd work. It would work. I don't. He had a large head, though. All right. Is that? Do you have any other answers? I got nothing. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, last question. Uh, at TG at TGK at Tego Golf Kilo asked. Um, actually, no. I need to open this. This was a follow up. So, this is gonna. There's a, a bit of a qualifier to this. So just hear me out. He asked. Uh, you have to take one player from each of the Sixers, Phillies, Flyers, and Eagles. Apologies, we won't be doing the Flyers because I can't name like three Flyers. Um, so Sixers, Phillies, Eagles. You have one player from each of those teams, and you haven't played for one of the other teams for a full season. So you take. A sixer and put him on the Phillies or the Eagles, and you take a Philly and put him on the Sixers or the Eagles, all that way around. Uh, which sixer do you send out to which team and who comes back? In like so, it's like a three-way so trade. We have, send, we have to send two and then no. two come back, or one and then no, it's, one it's, from it's, one it's of those like two teams. Three-way trade. Each team loses one guy and gets one guy back. Uh, and he specified it says it can't just you can't just pick like inconsequential bench players. Uh, um, I might, I, this is going to be an unpopular opinion. I might take Jordan Maialata from the Eagles and just like try to teach him basketball in a year and hope he's good. It's a large he's 6'8", he's 340, 346, uh, just like, and, and played rugby and like handled the ball a little bit. Seems like, it seems like he has good footwork. I feel like it could be, he could like bang at, at the power forward spot a little bit, at least get some rebounds. I mean, I think like. I want to say Carson Wentz and 
who else? There's some other Eagles. I think Peter, uh, maybe Peters, although he's old as shit now. Like a few of them played basketball and maybe would be decent. I can't think of any Phillies who I think would See, be good. See, that's fine because I I would put, I believe Lane Johnson played basketball. Lane Johnson, yeah, and he's big too. So I would put Lane Johnson on the Sixers. Um, I would probably. So you have to so you have to do it kind of three ways. So I can't put a sixer on the Phillies now. Or no, I have to put a sixer on the Phillies now. I can't put a sixer on the Eagles. So then huh. I put Does Alshon Jeffrey played be- like or Zach Ertz or like someone who's just a little in better shape? Is there someone who yeah, has any experience? Oh, oh wait. Uh no, I read that wrong. I feel like there's got to be ah, somebody. Okay. Uh, no, that's wrong again. I'm trying to think. My brain immediately to me. I'm like, all right, what Phillies player could have possibly been like a multi-sport athlete in high school? Like, who just like screams like natural athlete and like seems like they're versatile and stuff like that? And my brain immediately went to Andrew McCutcheon, but I can't see anything here about him playing other sports in high school. Because, you know, they teach you to specialize at such early ages now, too. Deshaun Jackson played uh, baseball. He was drafted, I think. So maybe he's the guy you send out. Okay. Or yeah. I guess I guess you're sending. If you were, if you could figure out a Philly, maybe you'd send Deshaun to the Phillies, whatever Philly to the Sixers, and then have to figure out someone who could play football. I think you, would, the, you could send like you could send like Hoskins to the Eagles just as like a special teams blocker. I feel like he's got a he's a big bodied guy, so that could possibly work. I probably think Ben. If we're if we're like picking a player on the Sixers who could pl- who could make it in the NFL and be good, I feel like Ben Simmons would be kind of a dope like tight end or wide receiver. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, he's just so, so quick you- and so tall. I'm searching Phillies who play. I should have done this before this. I'm searching Phillies who played basketball. Um, that didn't work. Uh. Yeah, this is hard. I really should have prepared for this. But let's just say, yeah, let's say we're sending Simmons to the Eagles, right? Yeah. Then we'll send we'll send an Eagle to the Phillies and then a Philly to the Sixers. That way. I feel like, it's back. I feel like we're doing this backwards. I don't know anything about the Phillies. I feel like you would know more about someone who could potentially be someone who knows how to play basketball. I don't know, though, because like I said, like especially baseball guys, they've been playing left-handed baseball since they were like 10, a lot of them, you know? Yeah. I'm going to apologize um, for, for, for not having an answer for this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some research on this and come up with a better answer and then just tweet it at you because I just <laughs> I feel stupid. I should have thought about this more, but it's I'm really looking up, hard. I'm looking up the Phillies roster, just, just based on pictures to see who I think... Uh, yeah, nobody looks like they can do shit. Maybe Andrew McCutcheon? I don't know, though. Like Andrew McCutcheon, he's a really good athlete. He's a smart guy. I feel like, I feel do, like he's like a guy that... Do like, you have any, like, outfielders really who are, like, 6'5"? Like, any, any like, um, rangy, tall outfielders? Uh, well, if you say you put rangy in there, then not really, no. I mean, they have... Actually, no, oh, that might be a good one. Let's see what he did. 
They have, or even like a, or or like a, a relief pitcher who's like in good shape, who's like six seven. Yeah, I'm looking. I was thinking. They have Adam Hazley, who's only 23. He's a six one, and he's like an outfielder, but he didn't. There's nothing on his Wikipedia that he says he played any other sports. The specialization of pro sports is killing us all. So I'm telling you. Yeah, I got nothing else. Yeah, I got nothing. I'll tell you who wouldn't. I bet you Harper would stink at basketball. Like, Bryce Harper seems like he stinks at basketball. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I know nothing about baseball, but just knowing as little as I do, Bryce Harper seems like a guy who would be very bad. I, I, I think, like, probably... Do you think, like... Probably like Herrera or something would be like the worst, right? Like someone who comes from a country where they just don't play basketball, really. Well, also Duel Herrera is, uh, you know, just five eleven and what and was that? Domestic abuser. Oh, okay. Well, I don't want him on the Sixers then. Well, he's also like not going to be in the Phillies most longer, most likely. Okay. But that's the problem with the with the with the Sixers that with a team that is built of guys who are either just like too enormous to play baseball or from another country where they don't play baseball or football really and that's a hard kind of thing to do ah here we go JT Real Muto was a th- was a uh, quarterback and a power forward so that's our guy how we got tall Real is Muto. he uh, well I mean he was a high school power forward <laughs> he's not like 6'7 uh, so, but he's six one. Okay, I'll right. take that. So, we'll put him on. What the high school did he play at where he was a power forward at six one? I don't know, man. I'll tell you in a Oklahoma. second. He, he was in Oklahoma. From Oklahoma, Dell City, Oklahoma. Uh, he went to Carl Albert High School. <laughs> All right, in yeah. Midwest City. Yep. Wait, what? So, there are 14,000 students there? No, okay, it's a whole district. I, I clicked on it. It took me to the whole district. All right. That yeah. Makes a little uh, more all right, sense. So, Real Muto leaves the Phillies and goes to the Sixers. Sixers sending out, I guess, Ben Simmons to the Eagles. And then we have to send an Eagle to the Phillies. Uh, let's send, like I said, Deshaun Jackson could go, right? Yeah. I mean, he Carson played. Winston he at least softball. played. Yeah. I feel like a lot, of, I feel like anyone can play baseball, honestly. Yeah. I feel like none of them have played enough baseball to be any good. Like, it's yeah. a, a sport where you just need so much repetition. Yeah. Um, best case, you're just going to be like someone who can run. Yeah. A guy who can like kind of field and run but not hit. Yeah. There's tons of those guys in the pros. So yeah. Alright, that's a that's a decent one. I'm fine with that. Alright. I think that's right. it, right? That's all we got. All we got. Alright, well we'll be Bye. back in another week with the uh full court miracle <laughs> review that we just recorded yeah. before this. Glad I got to mention so look out for that. Albrecht tonight. That was great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then uh, thanks for listening. And after this one, you'll have that one. And then after that one, eventually when Max is back uh, in early January, we'll be back to regular basketball podcasting. Um, as we're telling you this, uh, the Sixers are down by many, many points. So 
won't necessarily miss us very much, I don't think. So, thanks for listening. Uh, enjoy your holidays. Uh, thank you for, you know, spending any kind of amount of time with us throughout the year. It's been great. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk to you guys later.